I love the Word of God. It gives us a lot of questions, answers all our questions, and gives us a lot of questions. Now, we're going to start this morning in 1 Thessalonians 4. Now, I've got a couple questions for you. Uh, starting verse 13, Paul said, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord's in the air, and thus we will we shall always be with the with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. What is commonly called the rapture of the church, although the word rapture is not in the Bible, it's a stealing away, that's what that's talking about. Have you ever thought about, uh, I, I don't go to our son's grave very often, maybe once a year, but I thought, you know, it'd be all right if the time I was visiting, <laughs> I'd be all right. But you ever think about who's going and who's staying? If I were to ask you, do you love the Lord with all your heart? I'll bet most of the hands would go up in here. But does our life really reflect? Because Jesus said that the road is wide that leads to destruction. Man, he's going to be on that road. But he said narrow is the way that leads to life. And he said there are going to be few that find it, just a few. So the question is this morning, are you gone or are you staying? Galatians 6, 7 says that God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he reaps corruption. If he sows to the Spirit, he reaps life everlasting. We can come to church. We can do all the things that are churchy. We know what they are. Amen, brother. That's one of them. Right? But listen, God says, if, if you are sowing to the flesh, you are going to reap corruption. You're going to reap corruption. Your own spouse might not even know where you're headed. Spouse knows you well. Do they not? But still, they don't know that heart. I wonder where where you and I are headed. Because that's a very, very serious question. T- turn to Mark 3. We're in Sunday school. If you come to Sunday school, what you will find uh, is that Pastor Joe and I never talk ahead of time, ever. But I, w- I would go out on limb and say for almost 20 years now, almost every Sunday, God finds out, what is going on in Sunday school is going on here. Same scriptures most of the time. If you were out there and you attend Sunday school, you could say amen. I knew I was going to be preaching this morning, so I had Susie teach. Never talked to her ahead of time. I told her I had this thing already early in the week, and God woke me up at 5-something Wednesday. I don't like 5-anything unless it's PM. And had me change this whole thing. And she confirmed it in Sunday school. She did. Mark 13, start with verse 5. Jesus answering them began to say, 
Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will deceive many. But when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be troubled, for such things must happen, but the end's not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. But watch out for yourselves, for they'll deliver you up to the councils. You'll be beaten in the synagogues. You'll be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony of them. And the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand, nor premeditate what you will speak. For whatever is given you in that hour, speak ye. For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit. Now, brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he that endures, uh-huh, that's who say he that endures to the end. I don't care how long ago you said a prayer. If you're not serving God, you're not going. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. He'll love the one and hate the and hate the other. He'll hold to the one and despise the other. One master, in or out, hot or cold, saved or lost. There is no middle ground. None. We think there is. We've got more excuses. I don't think God's open to excuses. Listen to what this word endures means: to stay under, remain, to undergo. Bear trials, have fortitude, persevere, abide, suffer. Look, I, I, I could look out there, I could name you by name, many of you, when a Sunday evening service was important to you, when a midweek service was important to you. I will tell you a midweek service is not important to anyone. No one. Sunday school used to be important to some of you. Why not? Well, it's because of this. It's because it's the excuse. Excuses stop, and one follows another. Matthew 7. We are living in such a, such a sad day. It's an exciting day, but it's sad to me for the church right now. When I, when I first got saved, I've been saved 28 years. When I first got saved, now I was saved in a little Methodist church. Everyone brought their Bible to church. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. See, that's how far, that's how far we've gone. No one brings a Bible to church anymore. Now, I say, if you haven't got it memorized, it ought to be with you. It's, it's the Word. This is the, the, the breathed Word of God. On our, this is life. Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are light. And that's great, brother. Verse 16. You will know them by their gifts. Oh, wait. You will know them by their... Yeah. Because every tree is known by its fruit. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Do you need any Greek for that? What kind of fruit are you and I bearing? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cast down, it's burned into the fire. Therefore, by the fruits you will know them. 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Are you and I doing the will of God? Because he said, that's who's gone. That's who enters heaven. He that does the will of God. I want to know, how in the world can we be doing the will if we don't know the will? Did you hear what Pastor Joe said last week? 2% of the church reads the Bible every day. 2%. It's scary. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your names, and done many wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon the rock. He hears the words and he does them. James says, hey, you be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Remember? He who does the will of God is who is going to heaven. Rains descended, floods came, winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them not will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Rains descended, floods came, winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You ever notice how stuff happens? The Word of God says, Jesus said that God sends rain on the just and the unjust. Just doesn't happen to get there. God sends it. God sends rain on the just and the unjust. Same thing happened to both these people. Same thing happened. If you're not on the rock, you're not going to make it. I will tell you right now that not everyone in this place today is going to heaven. So I say that with authority. Not everyone in here in a crowd this size will be going to heaven. What a frightening day. We're not enduring. We think coming to church and listening to preachers enduring. Colossians 1, verse 19 says, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Isn't that great? Look at the next verse. If you continue in the faith and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven. If you continue in the faith, will you be holy and unblameable? If you continue in the faith, if you do not, you decide, hey, I'm done, I can't, this is too much. The reason I say that about the midweek service and Sunday night service and Sunday school, because that's where it starts. The things of God no longer become important to you, and the first thing you will do is talk about the preacher, and then you'll talk about others, and then it's all them. They're all alike. They're all alike out there. And before too long, you will find someone who will listen and say the same things you are. You'll get hooked up with them, and all of a sudden, you'll start spreading your poison throughout the whole body. And the problem is you need to know Christ, because when you know Christ, and he's Lord of your life. The word of God, the, the psalmist says, our lips are our own. Who's Lord over us? Somebody is. 
Oh, you're going to change masters one day. You will. You might be serving the wrong one now, but the real master one day will grab hold of you. One day. Matthew 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. The powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sun of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Nobody knows. 88, 88 reasons why the Lord's returning in 1988. How many of you have been saved long enough to remember that book? 88 reasons why he's going to come in 1988. He didn't. <laughs> no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. But that book sold millions. Everyone, oh, you know what someone told me? You need to get that book because, see, he said, didn't say we didn't know, said we didn't know the day and the hour, but he didn't say we couldn't know the month. And a year. I thought, you are goofy. You are goofy. You kidding me? If we knew it was going to be July 30th at 8 o'clock, we had sinned as hard as we could until 7.59. Yes, we would. Yes, we would. Look what's going to happen. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you don't know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour. You think he's going to come today? I don't think so. He didn't come yesterday. Listen, he's coming when we're not expecting. When we're not expecting. So who's going and who's staying? Only those who are enduring will be gone. Only those who are continuing in the faith will be going. Oh, brother, I said a prayer years ago. I'm under the blood. I'm You're under the influence of something. If you think that you can sow to the flesh and reap life everlasting, God is not mocked. Not. We can fool each other. We can fool our spouses. I have. That's how I got her. Most of us guys would say that. But we can't fool God. He's not mocked. He looks on the heart. Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, all those things. We can stand here and do this and be full of junk. God says, I see it. I see it. 
you better deal with it. Because I'm coming in an hour you are not expecting. Hebrews 10. I'm just going to tell you this. The message I originally had was a lot more cheerful. It was. I said, yeah, all right, Lord. He knows he's got to get me up at 5 if he's serious. I don't like 5 o'clock. So if I had to hear it at 5 o'clock, you do too. you got to hear it also. Hebrews 10, start with verse 19. Therefore, brethren, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith, of our hope, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in good works to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as it is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's approaching, church. It's approaching, and we're forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So what happens when we do is we exhort one another. There are things that happen in the assembly that happen nowhere else. Well, I can... I had a guy tell me, I can worship God. I can be close to God right back here in the creek behind my, my house. That helps with the tithing. Think the church runs on nothing? Oh, that struck a nerve, didn't it? And what about someone else who's got a problem? How am I going to hear about your wife if I'm behind the house in the creek? I'm going to be a real help to you, aren't I? We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Who's going to pray for Joni? Who's going to pray for Joni if we don't meet together? Somebody better. This church is only going to grow according to how we pray for Joni. When we get too busy to pray for Joni, just shut the doors. Don't forsake the assembling together. This is important whether you feel it is or not. And I'm telling you, in my 28 years of salvation, there's a pattern. I watch. I watch it. Those who do not enter in and those who don't do not endure, don't come. Well, I didn't come. I didn't feel like it. Like that's an option. No, but I'll bet you went to work. I'll bet you didn't miss a day all week long. Well, yeah, I got bills to pay. Right. You better ask yourself, how important is this to me? He's making me mad. I ain't going to come back tonight. You weren't anyway. Look at verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose? Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace? This is someone who knew Christ, by the way. But you're not sanctified by the blood of Christ unless you are saved. Sanctified by the blood of Christ and insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. One day you and I will stand before God stripped naked, not even a wedding band on. We will stand before him naked. What will you say? What will you hear? That you will hear... Seven words 
everyone will hear seven words. You'll hear, depart from me, I never knew you, or well done, thou good and faithful servant. No in-between ground. You're here, you're there. In heaven, on streets of gold forever, or in eternal flames of fire, tormented day and night. Everyone. We all have that in common. Everyone in this room has that in common. Everyone in this room will spend eternity in heaven or in hell. No exceptions. No other place. Heaven or hell. And only those who endure, continue in the faith, will be going to heaven. I'm not expecting cheers. I'm really not. I just want you to listen. Receive the word of God. Revelation 7. Verse 9 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, palm branches in their hands, and crying with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood round the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces, before the throne of worship God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? I said to him, Sir, you know. He said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple, and He who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat, for the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. These are those that came out of the, tra- the great tribulation. Now, from Revelation 7. I'm sorry, Revelation 13, verse 11. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and causes the earth, and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of a beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. 
So I know many say, well, you know, if, if I don't make it, if I'm not in the rapture, I'll just go through the tribulation. I, I just won't take the mark of the beast. Listen, it sounds good, but you can't even come to church more than once a month. If, if God can't get you to tithe right now, I'd say you're going to take the mark. If they say, I don't care, I don't care what they do to me, but what if one of my kids are, what about grandkids? That's a whole nother area. What, what if, what if I have to watch my grandson be tortured? Do I have the courage? Listen, said the only way you're going to be able to buy or sell is if you have the mark of the beast in your right hand or your forehead. You, you understand tattoos are a forerunner of the mark of the beast. But when I grew up, only bad guys had tattoos. And it said mom. I'm telling you the truth. If you're anywhere close to my age, you, you gotta say amen. Now everyone's got them. Everyone has a tattoo. You know what? God's word is still not changed. He, he still doesn't like them. He still forbids tattoos. It's in there. It's in the word. It's in Leviticus 19. Look it up. It says, it, can you access that? When I was old, I'd just jump up. When I was younger, I'd just jump up there. Leviticus 19.28, put it up there. If you've got one, I know you can't undo it. If you're thinking about getting one, nor tattoo any marks on you, I am the Lord. Now you see it. Write that down. If you're thinking about getting one, don't. It's against the Word of God. He forbids it. But I say all that to say that tattoos are making it easy for people to receive a mark. What's the big deal? Everyone's got marks. Yeah, right, right. Just a little mark on my forehead. Just a little one. Right, print small, six, six, six. How about my right hand? Yeah. That's the way you're going to live. If, if you're not enduring, if you're not continuing in the faith, you will go through the tribulation. And if you take the mark of the beast, you will not have eternal life. The only way for you to have eternal life is you will be beheaded because of your faith. Uh, Revelation 14. We, we can't do what we want to our bodies. It tells us in Corinthians, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. So therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. But the, I, I fear that the, the church, is, who could tell the church apart from the world? We're trying to look like them instead of them trying to look like us. The divorce rate is the same. It's actually a fuzz higher in the church than it is in the world. How can that be? How can it be? I told Marshall, when we first, we first met, I said, you're stuck with me. If you leave me, I'll, I'll just follow you. I told her that. I will. You're stuck with me. I, I, I'm like glue to you. You're not going to get rid of me. You might as well just love me. Make the most of it because I'm here. Pray for Revelation 14, start with verse 9. Then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast, and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. That should be scary. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and who ever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. 
Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him that had a sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle, gather the cluster of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vines of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. A bridle, I suppose it depends on how high the horse is, but a bridle's probably got to be right there on a the horse anyway. Maybe a little bit higher. 1,600 furlongs. If you go from here and you head west, you'll head Indianapolis. That's where the blood would stop. From here to Indianapolis, that deep. If you go south, you would hit Beckley, West Virginia, before you'd run out of blood. You head east, the Pennsylvania-Ohio border on Lake Michigan, up, Aston, up in Astonbury County. That's 200 miles. Or if you just go straight east, you'd hit Altoona, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh's about halfway between here and there. Blood this deep came out of the wine press of the wrath of God for those who would not serve him. And you and I are trying to shake ourselves and convince ourselves that it's a serious thing to be here. And he tells us in Revelation 3.16, he says, because you're not hot and you're not cold, you're lukewarm, he said, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. But, I mean, is it really important to come to church? Is it really? I'll come when I want, I'll if I want, and don't even talk to me about tithing. You just need saved. I'm telling you with as much compassion as I can muster, you need saved. You're serving yourself. You're serving the wrong master. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. If you have to arm wrestle yourself to get here, get here. Get here. You name the reason why it's never good to miss. I know it's summertime. I know uh, people take vacations. We enjoyed one. But I'm telling you, it's a pattern. When the when the house of God no longer becomes important, you miss one Sunday, then you miss the next. And then it starts it starts with a midweek service, then it's Sunday night, and then it's and, and you're gone. And then all of us out here are the same. They're all the same. No matter where you go, they're all the same. They're hypocrites. And it's all because you have found you like sin more than you do church. And worst of all, you gotta love me to get to heaven. Is this a drag or what? If I had to hear it, you have to hear it. Listen, we have got to serve him. We have to endure. We have to continue in the faith 
or we are not going to get on the streets of gold. I can't get there by works. I continue in the faith. Listen, He has placed His Spirit inside of me, leads me into all truth. How, what am I going to say when I get there? Well, I, I did, I, 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 I tried my best. You know what He's going to say? Depart from me, you wicked. For the fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wasn't even made for us. But many in this room will not make it to heaven. Many. Many. Many of you are so, gonna be so glad when this whole thing's over with. Can't wait to get out of here. You're not gonna make it. Your heart is not right. If I'm making you mad, that, that's hope. There's hope in that. Showing you have some emotions. I hope. If I've made you mad, just pick a number. You know, you're not the first. You won't be the last. But I'm telling you, I had someone do that to me before I came to Christ. I used to cuss at him trying to get him to leave, and he wouldn't. I'm so thankful for a man named Chris Myers. When I got saved, he was one of the first ones I called. Myers, I just want you to know, that day I almost missed you with that hammer. I almost hit you with that hammer. I wasn't trying to hit you. I said, I want you to know I love you. I said, I thank you that you stuck in there. You hung with me when I was not easy to hang with. You think I'm not now. Matthew 25. I, I learned, I'm not an old man, but I'm not a young man. But I learned a long time ago that I usually don't want what I need, and I usually don't need what I want. We don't want this, but we need it. We need to know that hell and heaven are in the balance. We need stirred. We need stirred. That's what we do. Matthew 25, start with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory, and all nations will be gathered before Him, and He shall separate them one from another. Sheep from goats. Everyone in this room stands before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not frightening. Every one of us stripped naked, we stand before there. And He looks at him and He says, Sheep? Or he says, don't. Every one of us. Every one of us. No exceptions. No exceptions. Every one of us. Sheep or goat. He separates them. Say, hey, Pastor Joe, look what he's doing. He's God. No one is going to be there for you. But the one who separates is the advocate. He separates them. He divides the sheep from the goats. He'll set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. 
Then they also answered and saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and you did not minister and did not minister to you? And he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Everlasting punishment. I grew up with a boy who was in everlasting punishment. He was killed on a motorcycle. He refused Christ. I think he was 24. He's still in everlasting punishment. And the Word of God says that the Lord is not slack concerning His promises. A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. I believe when you spend a day in heaven, it's like spending a thousand thousand years. It's going to be so great. You'll be there a thousand years and say, oh my gosh, this is at noon yet. And in heaven, they'll be there five minutes and say, surely I've been here a hundred years. Everlasting punishment. No way out. The only way you get out of heaven is a great, out of heaven, out of hell is the great white throne judgment. You stand there and you go from everlasting punishment that you were in right then to the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 15 said, and those whose names were not found written in the book of life were cast alive into the lake of fire. Alive. Everyone lives forever. Are you enduring? Are you continuing in the faith? Are you lukewarm? Has your love for God just waned? Are prayer services, I can tell you right now, prayer services are no longer important to you. You're not here. No one's here. But everyone's going to heaven, right? Not. Not. Only those who endure, only those who continue in the faith are going. Unless you are ready to be beheaded and watch your loved ones. I used to think my kids would go through the tribulation. They would be in that era when the rapture of the church would take place. Now I think, I don't know, Phil. I'm thinking I might see it. The way stuff is coming down. I'm thinking I'm going to live to see it. The rapture of the church. Can you go? I've told, I've told my kids, that God doesn't have grandkids. When they were real young. So you, you must give your life to Christ. I, I, I'd love to take you and wrap you around me and just, but God doesn't have grandkids. Just kids. Our children, they have to, they have to make that decision on their own too. Whether they're going to follow Him and endure and continue in the faith. Second Peter 3. Michael, you can come up whenever you're ready. Second Peter 3 verse 1 says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, saying, Where is the promise of His coming? Come on. They've been saying for years, Jesus is going to return, the church is going to be raptured. Where? Where's it at? Where's that? Well, look, things are going on just like they always have. He said, this is the sign. The scoffers. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, 
and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which now exist are kept in store by the same word, reserved for what? For fire. The world is going to be destroyed by fire. It's going to happen. Until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, the elements will melt with fervent heat, but the earth and the works that are in it will be burned. He's going to come like a thief in the night. That's when it's going to happen. And he's going to come in an hour when you and I are not expecting him. I know that it's crazy in the church. And it is hard to really figure out which is the world and which is the church. But I'm telling you, you and I had better get back in that word and we better start studying it. We've got to continue in the faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to have something discerning our thoughts. Something. Look, we cannot walk by feelings. There's days I don't feel saved. There, ah, she's in nursery. There are days when, when your love for your spouse is stronger than other days. Is that tactful? But we've been married almost 34 years. We're starting to get the bugs worked out. Listen, we, we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. We serve God. He keeps us together. He'll do that to your marriage. Where are you going? Right now, where are you going? If that trumpet would sound right now, I mean, there's going to be end time preachers needed, and I know who they're going to be. They're going to be backslidden Christians. Those who would not continue in the faith and endure. The, the, the news will try to blow it off. All these graves are open. We think someone has come and he's robbed these graves. But the believer will know what's happened. The believers, those backsliders, they will know what has happened. Ah, this is exactly what the Word of God said would happen. I, I don't want to, I do not want to go through tribulation. I faint at the sight of a needle. I have. I've passed out because of a shot I got. Isn't that sad? I can't, I, I don't, I'd make a poor junkie. I don't like needles. I don't like pain. Any pain at all, I don't like. I don't want to go through the tribulation. I want to go out in the rapture. I don't know that I could stand there and watch them torture my family. Say, this is going to continue unless you take the mark. What are you going to do? They start delimbing your loved ones. Poking their eyes out. Oh, it's going to happen. That's going to happen. Are you ready for that? If you're not ready for that, you better get down here and ask God to make your heart right. Like everyone to stand, please. But I got a question for you. I don't want every eye shut and I don't want every head bowed. I don't want it to be easy because if you're ashamed of me, Jesus said, I'll be ashamed of you. If you won't confess me before men, I won't confess you before my father. I don't care. I hope everyone's looking. I hope it's uncomfortable. But if you know that you're not right with God, you need to come down here and not care what anyone else thinks. You're not going to make it. If you do not endure, if you do not continue in the faith, 
You will not make it to the other side. And from this day forward, you're without excuse.